Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Hi, this is Kat. Welcome to Standing in Faith. We have a special episode today. I'm in the studio with Jeff. Hey. And David. Hey. And Kathy. Good morning. Hello. So Kathy reached out to me and said that she had some a testimony or testimonies that she wanted to share. So I these are always the to me, these are always the ones that get my attention and I want to hear these stories. So I'm just gonna give you the mic and Share away. So, yeah, I so don't want to do this, but this is something that God really put on my heart. And I was listening to you guys, and he said, you have to do this. And I said, yeah, but they're doing a fine job. Like, what do I have to say? And, and he said, no, you have to say say this. You have to talk about faith and what that what that faith walk is. So I said, okay. And he gave me a couple of things that we're supposed to discuss today. So, and here I am. And so... Um, I was thinking about this um, idea of having faith, and somebody was saying to me about going on a mission trip, and she said, I'd like to go on the mission trip, but I don't have faith like you have faith. And I said, wow, like, what do you mean you don't have faith like I have faith? Like, what what does that mean? Of course, come on the mission trip and let God show you what faith looks like. And then I was having a discussion with somebody else, and he said— he said, yeah, this woman, she just has so much faith. And, and he was telling me how much faith she had. I said, you know, I don't buy it. And I said, wait, I'll take that back because I can't judge how much faith she has. I said, but for me, faith is a daily struggle. It's not something that we just have. Mm-hmm. It's something that every day it's a challenge. Of where's, my, where's my fear and where's my faith? Like, where am I? So, so I, from there, I, God gave me three stories to tell. Um, hold, a, about hold on, faith. Hold on for just a second, because I really like what she just said. Yeah, right. I'm. I can totally bear witness to the fact that faith is not something that's necessarily easy, right? And it's something that you have to kind of you have to to seek into almost. I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I what you just said made a lot of sense to me. Well, I think if you if you look at Solomon, he built the temple and he did all of that, and then he worshipped idols in the end. So where's the like? How does that happen? How do people have faith and then not have faith? So it's it's like going to the gym. If you're not exercising your faith every day, then then how how do you know? Then what what is? I think this is an important question. Then what does it mean to exercise your faith? Because you know, I can get up and do my faith push-ups every morning, uh, but it doesn't do anything for me. It's just like love. I can get up and say, I'm going to love and love, love today, and I get out and I have a horrible time loving tons of people. I think what we have to always focus back on uh, is what is the root of faith? And I think that's the, the key is that intimate relationship that we cultivate every day with with Jesus and that we that that's that's the exercise of our faith 
is cultivating. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me. And they had no clue where they were going or anything else, but they followed him. And, and I think he, he, he says to us, follow me. And so by faith, we do that. But it's a daily walk because, I mean, mm-hmm. take up your cross every day and follow me. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of things we die to. There's a lot of things that we progress in, sometimes regress in. And I think f- that, that faith is where we concentrate on him. And that ties into our knowledge of him, which if the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God <clears throat> with all your heart, soul, and mind, if you don't, your your love for him is tied to your knowledge of him, which comes from intimacy, which then the more you know him, the more you will trust him and submit your will and trust that even if you don't obey uh, or understand a commandment, you can still obey it. You don't have to understand and agree. You just submit your will and obey, and that's faith too. You said so many of the words, right? So we spent, I don't know how many episodes talking about faith, at least a dozen, right? And we ended up with faith being defined as obedience, trust, submission, persistence, and um, patience, right? All of those things fuel not only our hope, but then our faith. So it's interesting what I'm hearing is I, I really like that that I bear witness to what you just yeah, said. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I, th- I think that was important. No, that's why right. we're here, right? To- yeah, we can't pump our own faith up. We can get exhausted trying, right? And that's what I think your point was, David, is that um, faith has a source, Right, that's living and active, and we need to uh-huh. to tap into that living and active through our. As somebody said it, maybe Kathy. Somebody said will right to get to line up with our will. And it says, you know, there's a place where it says, and I think they made the mistake of having um, having the faith of God. It it really is have God's faith. Mm. That's even better. Yeah, have God's faith. Mm-hmm. So the the first story I want to tell is um, about my son who was a raging alcoholic, and um, prayers for years oh, from when he was a child. And so I was found myself writing in my journal that you know, Lord, why is you know just really praying him into the gutter, like. You know, he's he's throwing his life away, he's ruining his life, he's ruining his health, he's ruining his family, he's ruining his life. Just, and, and God stopped me, and from my pen onto the paper came, see him as I see him, healed and whole. And I just, I stopped, and I thought, wow, what what does that look like, healed and whole? And I started to write that, and I said, okay, so he's happy, he's healthy, he has faith, he has a job that he loves. He has a family. Like I started to pray him up instead of praying him mm-hmm. down. And and every day I was in my journal then praying him up. It was not what I was seeing, but I was like, God, what do you see? What because you didn't create him to throw his life away. You didn't you didn't create him for that. So it it wasn't a couple of weeks later. He calls me up 
and he says, uh, um, I need help. And I hadn't been speaking to him because he was on such a tear. And I said, so, so what kind of help do you need? And he said, oh, they have to put me away for a very long time. And I said, really? I said, are you ready? And he said, yeah, I, I'm ready. I said, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick you up. I'm going to take you to rehab. But you have to be ready or I'm not coming. He said, no, I'm ready. And, and I, I went, I picked him up, I took him to rehab, and that was the beginning of his healing. And from that, he ended up with a job that he loved, and he got married, and he got sober. He got, and it, was, it wasn't permanent, it was kind of funny. It was, he was kind of, not funny, but sad, but he was, he was good for a while, and he wasn't good, he was good for a while, he wasn't good, and every time I would pray him up instead of praying him down. And so, um, and it ended up that a few years later, he, he calls me and he says, I'm getting baptized tomorrow, do you wanna come? And I was like, yay, God. And so it's been a roller coaster, and God along the way has been like, so do you think he's healed and whole? Do you, and I was like, no, not yet, but he's on the way. And so just that, seeing what God could do by praying him up, instead of praying him down. And that was a real lesson for me about always pray people up. And it's so easy to get into the, you know, oh, everything is wrong, Lord, why aren't you taking care of this? Instead of seeing what God has in the future, seeing what God wants it to be and praying into mm -hmm. that, which is building in the spirit, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just said so much stuff there. I, there's so many ideas that I want to kind of touch on. The first one that jumped out at me is, I don't want to, this isn't an accusation, but you kind of just moved over this, right? You're his mom. There's a mother heart engaged here. Mm -hmm. And I know you didn't talk much about that, but if you're willing, I'd love to hear how you switched that. Hmm how you moved from all of those feelings and emotions about your child to start to look to the God perspective in it. It was a moment. I mean, this was years. This was his whole life from mm -hmm. when he was a young child of being incorrigible and all of this. And um, it was that moment when God said to me, see him as I see him. I had never prayed that way before to really... Um, change to God's perspective and look into the future of what God wants it to be, not what I want it to be, but what God, you know, God didn't create anybody, which was kind of how I started it, is that God didn't create anybody's life to throw it away. God created everybody for a purpose, and he loves everybody, and he doesn't want anybody's life to be wasted. So just aligning my thoughts with God's will was a whole different perspective from seeing what, I, instead of praying into what I was seeing before me, praying into the vision that God gave me and just allowing God to put that vision there and that hope and that hope. How did you reach the place in your heart where you could say, he's in God's hands? I, it was that moment. It was I've that moment. Of... It was that moment when God said, see him as I see him, healed and whole. And I was like, wow, healed and whole. What does that look like? All right. And that was that, it was asking God to show me what does that look like. And 
all of those things came to be. Like he he fell in love, he got married, he had a good job that he loved. All of those things happened. Now, then there were little slips and little falls and little whatevers, but I just held on to the fact that God was not going to let. And when when he called me and said he was getting baptized tomorrow, do you want to come? I I was blown away. I was blown because I let God be God. I didn't have to. I didn't run and save him. I let God do the mm-hmm. saving. That's kind of what. That's yeah. That's something. That's to me is remarkable that you were able to do that, which speaks to what Cat was saying, right? You had to know and have intimacy with him to know that that was good. Mm-hmm. And that he was good to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a big trust place, but it was a freeing place for me because if, oh my gosh. <laughs> the one time I was at church on Sunday morning and I'm praying for my son, I'm praying for my son, and I'm like, Lord, why aren't you taking care of him? Why aren't you taking care of me? And God just showed me that I was hanging on to my son with my arms wrapped around him tight saying, God, why aren't you taking care of him? And and God just, mm-hmm. I just said, I can't take care of him because you won't let him go. And I was like, how can I let him go? What if he falls? Like, there was, I had to build that trust that God was going to really do this. I don't know why, but I kind of remember that now. It was a Sunday morning. I yeah. was there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I, I interrupted you, so I'm sorry. But that was at least, that seems like it was the key thing that I needed to ask you. So go ahead. No, that was, that was story number one. Mm-hmm. Um, story number two is I had my, um, my beautiful home and in New Hill, that was the home of my dreams, and um, and God told me to sell it. We were in my husband lost his job. It was like a whole series of um, of terrible things happened, and um, and we were going to sell it. And it was breaking my heart that we had to sell it until I was pr- I was draining the credit line, and I just I was praying as I was writing the checks, and God said sell it. And it was like a f- somebody s- just flipped a switch in my heart. I said to my husband, we're selling the house. He's like, we're selling the house. I said, yeah, we're selling the house. Just like that. So um, so we sold the house. We, was, that was a whole miracle of how the house got sold. Story for another day. But um, we found a new home. And it was it's amazing where I live now. It's, it's amazing. And that I felt like I was giving so much up, but God had something so much better for me. And so when that happened and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm, I'm writing and I'm like, so that, the place needs a name. It's 19 acres. It's beautiful. And it needs a name. And um, so I'm praying about what the name should be. And from my pen to the paper comes Heaven's Gate. I'm thinking, oh, that that's a cool name. That's like as close to heaven as you can get. That's pretty cool. But how am I going to sell this to my husband? Like, how is he going to go for this? And um, so I was like, I'm just patient. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for God to give me that moment that I'm going to have this discussion. And we didn't close on the property yet, but his son came. He drove out to the property with his son, and he came back. And he said, yeah, my son says the place needs a name. And I said, yeah, it probably does. I said, "Uh, so what do you think the name should be? And he said, "Uh, I don't know, Heaven's Gate? 
Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty specific. Oh, I became like a maniac woman. I was like, why did you say that? Why did you say that? He goes, I don't know. It doesn't have to be that. It just it just popped into my head and <laughs> fell out of my mouth. And I said, yes, it does. It has, has to be that. And I forgot the part, first part of the story, but I'll bring it back there. And I, so he's going, he's going, no. It, I, said, I said, that's the name that I wrote on my paper like two weeks ago. And he said, no way. And I said, yes, way. But um, I forgot the first part of the story. I want to go back for a minute because I was praying about this. I was, I was given this beautiful place. I, you know, I, God took something away and he gave me something better. And I was just in awe. And I'm, I'm like, why doesn't my husband see this? And, um, and God said, well, he and I have a different relationship. And I said, okay. And he said, but I will speak to him and he will hear me. And I said, okay. So when that name came out of his mouth, I was just like, oh, my God, you, you really did speak to him. And he really did hear you. And the interesting thing about that is that God speaks to me through my husband because he says things that I know would, he would never say. And I'm like, oh, that's God giving me that word. So, um, so yeah, so that that became the name so so and it's very funny because now my husband has has me tell everybody tell him how we got the name tell him how we got the name so you know his so i came to realize that his faith or his relationship with god is different from my relationship with god and it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a relationship with god it just means that it's different and 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 it made me see that God has different relationships with each of us, and we don't all have to respond the same way to faith. I I remember this time mm-hmm. and this story mm-hmm. uh, all too well, and I I remember the so it's it's awesome to hear it right now. But I we were both serving in the same area at the time and i i remember hearing all of these bits and pieces as it was happening and um yeah not yeah so not that what you just shared isn't powerful but seeing the walking it out it makes that story even more amazing to me because I, I remember the, oh, we have to sell this place. It, there was, that wasn't an easy thing for you. No, I, there, there was, was a, brokenness in that for a you. A lot of grief. A lot, yep. of, a lot of grief. I really grieved having to sell that place. And, and I allowed myself to grieve it. God was like, yeah. it's okay, you can grieve it. But I'm going, I'm going to give you something better. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then there was some time. And then you, then you were looking at this new place. And I remember how that 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 went from grief to to almost immediate joy. Absolutely. And you knew that you this was. I mean, there was. I think you were looking at more than one place. You knew that was the place. Well, there was no other place. Was the right. thing was that I was looking. I was like, Lord, where am I going? You said sell it, and where am I going? Because there was yeah. no okay. other place. And, and and I was driving out to the place that we are now, and I'm on the phone with one of my friends going, look, if this is not where God wants me to be, I don't want to be here because he's got something for me. But and I'm driving, and I, was, I pulled into the driveway, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? I could live 
here. And so the other thing about that is so I I was there and I was l- looking out at the property and I was waiting for the, or my realtor friend um, to get there. And um, I, I, I'm just like in awe that I can live here because I was feeling broke. We sold the other house because we were feeling broke. And there's nobody on the planet that would come to my place now and say that this looks like broke. And so I stood there and I could feel Jesus put his arm around me and just say, this is the economy of heaven. Mm. 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 And I said, oh. And so it changed my perspective of what the economy of heaven is. Like it, it, it doesn't add up the same in God's kingdom as it does in our world. You know, you think about this is God spoke to you in a moment and told you something that that to release something that was dear to your heart. And it was in that moment that you decided to obey. But obeying took faith. So it wasn't like you had blind obedience. You had a word from God, and you said, okay, and you obeyed, even though it was breaking your heart, even though there was a lot of grief around it. didn't matter. You obeyed, and boom. And then, you know, the, the interesting thing about our obedience is that there's always, there's always something that we don't see behind the obedience that he blessed you beyond anything you could think or ask, of course. Um, but a lot of times we don't see that. And and it's not a reason to obey. You know, it's not necessarily just, well, God's going to bless me if I obey. Well, I, I think you'll receive a blessing, but uh, it may be a lot different than what you expected or thought of. Uh, but we do it because we believe in him and we believe his word and we believe that what he says uh, has substance to it, and we're gonna we're gonna walk that way. If you had said no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna stay right here. God wouldn't have loved you any less, uh, or anything else. But who knows the the what would have taken place after that? We don't know. But thank God you you said yes. Yes. I remember how excited she was. She wanted everybody to see it, everybody to oh, experience yeah. it. Um, I remember moving day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is. It, it's actually a place where God is. Hmm. I mean, you call it heaven's gate, but the reality is there's there's a – maybe it is actually a gate to heaven. <laughs> But there's definitely a presence, yes, a holiness about that place. Yes. Oh, yes. On that land. Yes. Yes. And the interesting part of that, there's so many interesting things about that story. Um, but um, the the road in front of me is a number, and I thought it was just a number. And my stepdaughter was over one day, and she said, "Did you know that the road that you're on has a name?" And I said, "It doesn't have a name. It's a number." And she said, no, it has a name. It's my, Google says it has a name. I said, yeah, what's the name? Devil's Stomping Ground. <laughs> 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 I 
That's not funny. anymore. <laughs> well, no, it, well, no. It ends there. It, it ends, ends there. there. Oh, it yeah. Ends oh, yeah, there. yeah. I, I know ends, spiritually. It ends there. That will stop the ground. You are welcome to come to Heaven's yeah. Gate. And that's. Um, yeah, that's good. So the next story that I want to share, or God, that what God wants me to share, is um, my my brother lives in Las Vegas, and he had an accident, and he had um, aneurysms, two aneurysms, and he was in the hospital, and they couldn't operate because it was on either side of his brain, and they were waiting for this doctor to come back from vacation. And so my mother was there, my sister was there, my other brother was there, and I was working. And um, I'm talking to my sister, and she said, the doctor's, gonna, the doctor's back from vacation. He's going to do this procedure tomorrow morning. And it was Easter Sunday morning. And um, I was working. It was, I was an accountant at the time, and it was tax season, and I was buried in tax returns. And I'm talking to my sister on the phone, and I said, well, should I come there? And she said, we, there's nothing you can do if you come here, but if you feel that you want to come, then come. So I, I went out. It was Easter Sunday morning. I got on the plane, and, I, and I, I put all my tax returns on extension, and I left, right? So I, um, I get out there, and I get to the hospital just in time to have the doctor say that there is an 80% chance that he will die or have a stroke, on the table while they're doing this procedure. And I'm thinking, 80%? Like, that's the wrong way. <laughs> like, you want it to be the other way around, that there's a 20% chance, not an 80% chance. And so I'm listening to him say this, and 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 my family is, they're not, they're Catholic, my sister's Catholic, my mother's Catholic, they're not, they say Hail Marys and Our Fathers. They don't, really speak to God. The rest of my family doesn't really believe. And I just said to everybody, I said, okay. I said, this is really something. And we're, we're going to pray right now. And so this, of course, I'm the odd one that thinks that we should all pray about this. Um, the other ones, um, you know, I mean, they'll get their rosary out, which is nice. But I was, I was really going to um, speak to God about this and really release him. And I just, I, so I asked God, I said, you know, this is the day of miracles. It's the day of resurrection, and Lord, we need a miracle today. And so I really, I'm trying to remember the words that I used, but the words that I used um, was really just to release him that if, whatever, that the best, that we would have the, oh, I, I prayed for the best possible outcome. I said, Lord, that we would just have the best possible outcome. And so we were to the side in the waiting room. The receptionist was there with the door closed, and and then we just went silent. And it was a couple of hours, I think, that we were just waiting for, to see what happened here. And a little, an hour and a half, two hours later, the receptionist opens her window, and she said, the doctor just wants to let you know that he's gotten the best possible result. And that was exactly the words that I had prayed. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. So so we go into um, the the. We had to wait for him to go come around. So we went into the cafeteria, and um, the doctor is like beside himself. He's beside himself. He said this guy was supposed to die, and he was just like jumping out of his skin about how well this procedure went. And this was only like the ninth time that the procedure had been done in this country. And my brother is written up in medical journals now. Mm -hmm. 
And God gave us the best possible result, and he is totally healed and whole. So, uh, but I, I felt like God, re- it was really important for me to go there and really witness this. Like, I could have stayed home and prayed about it. But he wanted me to know, because the exact words that I prayed were the exact words that the receptionist used, and she did not hear what I prayed. And to me, it was just God showing me that I really hear you. This is, this is real, this relationship that we have. And so it, it makes me really specific in how I pray for things and, and knowing that God is just going to respond in that way, that he's going to build our faith. Like, I could, I could forget that I have faith, you know, but God reminds me that he's there and he's really hearing what we have to say. And so at an 80% chance that he could die or have a stroke on the table, and he came out 100% in a procedure that had only been done nine time, eight or nine times in this country. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah, so yes, my question for you is a little different than maybe you're expecting, but in each one of the stories, the common theme was you heard from God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about putting on the armor. We've been talking about specifically the sword of the spirit being the word of God, the living Rama word. And I, I believe that in the three stories that you shared in each case, you got a Rama that enabled you to stand, that enabled your faith. But what I'm curious about is, Talk about, I, I think you have kind of, but I think in the first instance you said you were journaling. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe it was journaling in the second one too, but the third one didn't seem like a journal. No, the second one I wasn't journaling. Talk, was. about, talk, about, talk about how you got those Rhema words. It's always different. Okay. It's always different. It's never the... It's never the same, but God always responds. And I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you stories for days, but God specific was specific about those were the three. Mm-hmm. And and it was kind of funny because when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, I could tell this story too. And it's like, no, that no, <laughs> these three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so what's the what's the common theme with these three? Why does God want me to talk about these three? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, it it had to do with really learning to listen to him and to build that. Re- like he's building a relationship. I didn't start here. You know, when the person said to me she didn't know if she could go on the mission trip because she didn't have faith like I had. It's it's like, well, how do you get faith? Is God builds it? He builds it. It's not me building faith. It's not me studying my Bible more, which I do study my Bible more now than I ever have before because I keep finding that he's leading me there more than ever. But, uh, you know, it was that trust. He, he built the trust. He reached out to me. He, he made me trust him, and he showed me what he could do in real specific instances in my life. And, you know, and, 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 but every day, it doesn't mean that I walk like this. It means every day there's a struggle of where's my fear and where's my faith. Like when I find myself waking up at night and I can't sleep because I'm worried about something, it's, 
where's my fear and where's my faith? Like God has shown me amazing things and still I worry about things like, mm, you know, so there's more faith to be built then, isn't there? Yeah, it's interesting that um, in your hearing, but it's not only just about hearing, but you are also very receptive. And I think that's important. Um, in the scripture that Cat read in the beginning, those words were spoken by Samuel to Saul. Saul had received the word of the Lord to, to destroy everything once he captured this, this bunch. And Saul didn't. Saul disobeyed God in that context. He did not destroy everything. And so God sent Samuel, and that's where he said, because then Samuel made the excuse, oh, oh, I saved these so we could have a sacrifice and do sacrifices. And Saul the, made the excuse. Yeah, Saul made the excuse. And, and then that's when Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice. And so it, it is, it is uh, interesting, the heart, Kathy, that you have was more of a heart like David had. Now think about David. David did far worse in, quote, I would think in our eyes, adultery, murder, all those different kinds of things. But when Nathan the prophet confronted him, did he make an excuse? No. And that was the difference in his heart, that it was open to God to say, and that's where Psalm 51 comes, of course, where, you know, God have mercy. against you and only you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so you see this, this amazing, that's why David is known as the um, man, after man, after, own, yeah, yeah. man after God's own heart. And so I think I think what we have here is an example of of Kathy of of being receptive and open and you know you could have there's all kinds of scenarios in that you could have changed oh I can't pray that I'm not going to do that I'm not no it, you had already reached a place of being pliable in the hands of God for Him to be able to use you and you welcomed it and I think that's important to faith. And it goes back to good ground where the seeds fall, you know? And so God has plowed and worked on your heart so that when he can throw those seeds out, they find root and they grow and bear fruit. Psalm 119, verses 65 through 67 say, Do good to your servant according to your word, O Lord, Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. So I there's so much here. There's so much here, but I really kind of want to somehow tie it all up and bless the listeners. Maybe we can tie it up in the blessing itself. It's a little different. Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for depositing in each of us faith. Thank you for being the one to grow that faith, to plant it, grow it, care for it, enable it. 
Thank you for caring about each and every one of our hearts and purposes. I bless the listeners with hearts that are ready to receive your rhema words and to be obedient, to be full of trust, and to sit in awe and wonder as you do what only you can do. Lord, we bless the listeners and ourselves with a spirit of obedience. Mm -hmm. Obedience, faith, trust. I bless the listeners and us with the, whatever it is, I don't know the word, to stay connected, for our vines to stay connected to Jesus. Lord, I, in Jesus' name, I just I bless all of those that are listening today, and I receive the same blessing that we truly, as Kat has just said, may abide in you yeah. and you in us. Yeah. And that when you speak, there may be a depth in us and a heart that we've seen here today that would say, yes, God, whatever it is you want, yes. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that shows the stories to be shared today. Lord, I pray that people are blessed, that they take these stories and they see how you are acting in their lives, that this is not unique, that this is you connecting to us in so many little ways, Lord, that you would just open our eyes and strengthen those connections and that people would be blessed by that. 